grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Keeping Up With The Windsors with me, Michelle. And I'm Rachel. Hello, everyone. Yay! Hi! Welcome back. We've had a week off last week and we had the lovely Claire Feeney on our podcast, which was amazing. It was so wonderful to have Claire on. So thank you, Claire, for being on on the podcast. And Rach, what has it been like a week without me? <laughs> been quite quiet. <laughs> well, it's it's been a week without you, but it's been a week with the Royals because they're now officially back from their summer break, aren't they? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just keeping on top of all the news. And how was your holiday? It was amazing and actually technically I'm still on my holiday now. I'm actually going back to work on Monday. So it's been absolutely glorious. I went on a cruise around the British Isles and had a little bit of a royal situation on the cruise ship because Dickie Arbiter was on there giving some talks, which was... Do tell all. Oh, I I tell you what, what I'm going to do is because this episode is so jam-packed, I think I'll keep all my juicy Dickie Arbiter news for next week. But I will give you a little, 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 um, uh, what's the word? I'll give you a little taster right now. Dickie Arbiter had a lunch with the Queen and she did the washing up. Which I think, uh, (laughs) yeah, she actually got her hands dirty. And he said, um, he thought it was her lady in waiting. So he said, Oh, I'll wash and you dry. And she said, No, I'll wash and you dry. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Oh, bless her. Yeah. More Dickie Arbiter news coming up next week. I'll tell all then about my experience of other talks with Dickie. So you literally got the royal scoop then because wasn't he a um, press secretary for Prince Charles? Was that correct? He was, yes. And he worked for the Queen for a little bit. But yeah, when Princess Diana and Prince Charles was going through the whole divorce bit from 1988, I think, up until uh, the early 2000s, he was actually the press secretary. So he has, like I say, the royal scoop. It's quite interesting because I didn't even know he was going to be on as a tour, as a speaker on the cruise ship. And I text Rachel whilst we were at port. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I can't believe it. Dickie Arbut is going to be on the cruise ship. You, uh, yeah, and you were like, get your questions in. What, what are your questions? Get your questions in. <laughs> I asked him so many questions. It was unbelievable. But like I say, I'll keep that for next week because I could talk for hours, and we've got so much to catch up on but first off but first off let's talk about something non-royal related Rachel did you see the Met Gala I did I've seen the photos from it yeah it was a bit of a bizarre one this year I thought it wasn't anyone that really stood out for me yeah I was like wow that that was oh actually that's a lie that's a lie are you gonna say who I was gonna say I don't know but I'm gonna say Iman Oh, actually, no, I was going to say the complete opposite. I absolutely loved Kendall Jenner. I thought she it was absolute, but I love everything she wears. Like she's so provocative. She's so confident. It was beautiful. But what made me laugh was, have you seen all the memes of Kendall and, and Kim yeah. together? And it just reminded me that Kim is like um, Andrew of the Royal Family. <laughs> like They're trying to shade him away. And then you've got Kendall, the rest of the Royal Family shining bright. They're like, no, move away to the background. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Um, So we had the Met Gala. We also found out that Claire Voigt won an Emmy. She won an Emmy. But what was interesting about that is she won the Emmy. And I swear, she was not even in that episode for five minutes. So she won an Emmy for it. (laughs) She was that good. She was was that that good. good. Yeah. So do you know what episode it was that she won the Emmy for? I can't remember the actual episode name, but it was like a flashback when the then Princess Elizabeth was making a speech when she was in, um, I think she was in Africa, wasn't she, and she it, on her 21st birthday? Yeah, I think it was that, yeah, yeah. 
obviously we're talking about the crown and we have a crown special coming up we keep saying we've got it coming it is coming people <laughs> keep stay tuned i've been on holiday i need to edit it when i I'm literally i'm back monday i'm gonna start editing yeah. it then so stay tuned on that one and then we also found out this week that prince philip's will will not be um given into the public domain for another 90 years as a way to protect mm. obviously the sovereign and their um private information which i mean is one of those things they have to go to the court and say can it be a closed will i feel like it should always be in in a sense but then that's just my opinion on it yeah and apparently this dates back from um queen mary of tech her brother was the first royal to have his will in disclose so mm. no information was given out and that was i think in 1910 wow wow yeah i think something needs to be put in place because to be honest it's none of our business really is it no, exactly. It is none of our business. And what they do with their money, it's it's their private money. So Exactly. Like I say, watch out because next week we'll be talking about Dickie Arbiter. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll be getting the crown episode um, coming very soon. And coming up on this episode today, we'll be talking about Kate's first engagement, Harry's 37th birthday, the update of Prince Andrew's scandal. And then finally, we'll be talking about the Prince Charles cash for access claim. So that's all coming up in the Royal News. But before that, let's get on to the Royal Roundup. Right. So first off, let's start with the Queen, who sent her congratulations to Emma Rajakanu, who won the US Open Tennis Championships. And she said it is a remarkable achievement at such a young age and is a testament to your hard work and dedication. And I've seen a few interviews of Emma and she was asked about receiving this letter from the Queen. And Emma said it meant everything to get a message from Her Majesty. She's such a great inspiration and role model for the whole country. So to have a note from her, I was extremely honoured and very, very grateful that she took notice of my tennis. I can't believe it. I may be going to frame that letter or something. (laughs) And what I found really interesting about this in particular is Emma is from Britain and Leila Fernandez, who she played in the final, was from Canada. So any way, any which way the Queen was going to (laughs) win, you know, she's part of the Commonwealth. And what I loved was the royal family gave a nod to Emma, but they also gave a nod to Leila because they're they're monarchs regardless, you know. So, yeah, and well done to both of them. It was such a wonderful sporting event. Yeah, and I think we're going to see Emma take the world by storm because her name has been everywhere the last week or so, hasn't it? Rightly so. It's well-deserved. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those where she's going to have a Hollywood movie, honestly, depicting her greatness because it's <laughs> so unprecedented to be completely unranked and then all of a sudden win the US Open. So well done. Absolutely brilliant. Stuff. Well done. Yeah. So we had an interesting engagement from Princess Anne um, last week. She attended the ceremony of the Constable's Jews at the Tower of London. Ooh. Now, I don't know if you know about this, but it's a tradition that dates back to the Middle Ages. So when a Royal Navy vessel sails through the River Thames, the Constable is presented with, with a bottle of wine, which is the Jews. Now, it's funny that a tradition like this on the Middle Ages is still carried on. Love it. So yeah, I thought that was a little um, interesting engagement from Anne. Get in the high water. <laughs> Did she have some wine? She didn't have any wine. No, I think she just handed over the bottle. Oh. <laughs> so the Cambridges highlighted vital work of the Air Ambulance Service with Air Ambulance Week. And obviously it's a nod to um, Prince William, who was a search and rescue pilot as well. So it's so close to him because he's done that. He's rescued people. We've even heard on the podcast about him meeting someone he rescued as well so it's mm. it's just it must be such a wonderful thing to be a first responder and also on the 9th of September was emergency services day and Prince William met PC Ryan Legg and PC Amit Mavichinali from the emergency police team who saved a six-year-old girl's life from injuries at the hands of her father oh my gosh and also yeah honestly it was harrowing um, and they he met so many different emergency response teams there and their stories they were telling him. But it's it's wonderful to have an emergency services day, especially since COVID. Yeah. Not that we were ungrateful before, but now it was like, wow, we, we can't exist as a society without these major players, which are the emergency services. They help us so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, 
moving on from that, the Cambridges also gave a nod to Emma uh, winning the US Open. And they um, they did highlight Sports Aid, which was a charity that supported Emma in 2015, 2016 and 2017. And Sports Aid is something that uh, the Cambridges support as well. Any patronages, links or charities I mentioned today will always be in the show notes if you'd like to uh, know more or uh, donate to any of those. So that's just if you need that. And guess what, Rach? Guess what happens? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Prince William donned his finest smoking jacket and he was out on the town. And it was velvet. (laughs) Yes, he was out, out. (laughs) He was out, he was going out, out. He was out, out. Let me tell you something. I think this is one of my favourite looks on William. I think he was absolutely, um, like, his, his, he looked impeccable. I loved it. He looked very dapper, didn't he? Yeah, I agree. He did, he did. And what's interesting is my husband's wedding suit was something very similar to that minus the velvet but because I love that style on a man he was like oh I'll wear that for the way I was like yes please (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about it he was at the who cares wins award at the roundhouse in London the roundhouse is such an amazing venue in London it's brilliant and he presented the winners Dina E and Michael Hipgrave with a 999 Hero Award and the ceremony was in partnership with the NHS Charities Together of which William and Catherine are joint patrons. Now because we've got loads of news I would love to go more deeper into Dina and Michael's story but we don't have time on the podcast today but you can head on over to the Cambridge's socials and they'll give you lots of information on that but it was so wonderful and what a fantastic cause a lot of um emergency services work and dedications this week from the Cambridges yeah and there was a cute video as well wasn't there Um, Mm. I saw with William chatting to a little girl um, and it was just so lovely to see and um I just think he must be such a great dad oh yeah when I see videos like that yeah so let's Let's do a little um, rundown then of the Cambridges because they've been on holiday. They've been to Cornwall as a family and they've also been to France because it was Kate's brother's wedding this la- uh, this weekend, I think it was, like last weekend. So, yeah, they, they've just been enjoying themselves. And that's what happens when you're not in work. You're on holiday. You're having a good <laughs> time. Why would they be in the press? But we did see papped pictures of Kate and the kids yeah. this week. And I w- made me so angry. <laughs> yeah. So I, I said to you, didn't I? I was like, although we run a royal account and we run a royal podcast, I made a point of saying to you, I'm not going to post any of these photos because they weren't taken. They were published by a European publication. It was it was Catherine with George and Charlotte and they were um, shopping in a stationery store which is quite famous here in the UK but I just felt really uneasy and I get why people are like oh wow look it's Catherine but to me it's their downtime they're their kids at the yeah. end of the day at that point they're not Prince George and Princess Charlotte they're just George and Charlotte and they're out on a shopping trip with their mum so personally that's why I didn't want to post them and there was another shot that I saw only I think it was yesterday or the day before Catherine with George and Charlotte on their way to school school coming home from school um and it was only the back shot of them you couldn't see their faces or anything but again I felt really uneasy like loads of people were posting it but it was obviously someone had taken a picture on their camera phone and I was just like no this this isn't right Mm. like I get that they're in the public eye I get that they are famous but I just don't agree with that. That's just my personal choice. And that's why you'll never see us posting things like that on our Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super important to us that we are respectful, not only of the children, but also of their their time when they're not on duty, shall we say. And I think it's a decision that you and I made very early on that we just didn't want to do that. Yeah, definitely. So one thing I did notice about their socials, Rach, and I don't know whether you've noticed this as well, but they've now gone from third person to first person when they're talking. So when you see all of the, um, when you see any of the descriptions, it's like William's talking to you. It's like Catherine's talking to you. Before, you could tell it was somebody else writing on their behalf. Yeah. I, I don't think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit too like stop talking to me William 
<laughs> I think they do that though, so they become across more personable. Because, for instance, the um the tweet that was sent out when Emma won the championships, it had like the message, and then it said C. So you know yeah. it's coming from Catherine herself, and the same with William. Like if the football's on, and William always posts, and I've seen an interview with him before when he was on um the Peter Crouch podcast. And he was saying, oh, yeah, I had to get a sneaky tweet in because it's not them that actually run the account. But there are some times when they obviously have access to it. Then he's like, yeah, I'm just going to quickly go on there. Like (laughs) once it's on there, everyone's seen it. The whole world's seen it. Can't take it off. (laughs) Exactly. Just before we pressed record on the podcast, Rachel and I watched the broadcast on the Earthshot Prize YouTube channel of the finalists. And I have to say, listen to the podcast and then after the <laughs> podcast, um, head on over to the YouTube channel and watch it. It is so inspiring. Do you know, in a world of negative news, of fake news, of COVID related stress, whatever you do, sometimes we can we, we are in a bubble of negativity and we forget there are people out there who are striving, who are working. It's their life's work to make our planet better. And Earthshot for me, I honestly, I, I welled up. I was so like touched. It was so inspiring. Mm. But you know, I'm a crier anyway, so I'm gonna, just going to cry anything. But <laughs> what did you think about it? Rage. yeah I thought the way they presented it was really well done in the sense that they've broken it into categories so there's going to be five winners from each category that are each going to get one million pounds towards their research which is fantastic yeah and w- again what I like about this is that William is obviously the figurehead of this campaign but he's not running the show yeah it's it's the people, like you said, it's the people that are working on these initiatives that are working for the greater good of the planet and for future generations that they are the stars. Absolutely. So we found out the final will be on the 17th of October and it will be held at Alexandra Palace in Yay! London. Ali Pali. Ali Pali. We should see if we can get tickets to go. Yeah. But there will also be a programme on the BBC leading up to the final and it will also be broadcast worldwide on the discovery channel yeah so everyone has an opportunity to watch it and be a part of it and I think that is so important it's such an important thing Do you know we've had dribs and drabs about the earth shot as we've gone along throughout the year this is it's like main pinnacle moment and it's wonderful yeah. to see it's ab- honestly I, I wasn't quite sure about the like obviously it seems great but now it's in practice I'm like yes I love this did you see before the air shot there was a Instagram post and William was on a typewriter <laughs> And it was like, it's one of those things, you know, if you like give a laptop to an elderly person these days and they're like, right, where's the A? And they're trying to find it. And it was like really slow. (laughs) What I found really hilarious about that uh, typewriter, he's gone from like this Bond-esque presenter of (laughs) an award in his smoking jacket. And then he turns into, um, where is the A, the B, the C? on Marple. (laughs) Yes. What's her name? <laughs> Jessica Fletcher at the start of Murder She yeah. Wrote. <laughs> yeah. And did you notice as well? Um, I, I posted it on our Instagram. There was the picture of Prince George and Prince Philip, you know, when the Prince background. Philip died, that picture was released in the background. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's obviously, you know, a bit of symbolism there. Yeah. I have to say, out of all the things I've seen William do, I've never felt so <laughs> more uncomfortable watching him try and type something. <laughs> so glad he actually has people that does you know that makes the work happen around him typing is not his forte let's put it that (laughs) way (laughs) so let's move on to Sophie the Countess of Wessex she is the grand president of the St John Ambulance and she was presented with the first bar to the service medal which marks for her 15 years of service oh brilliant well done Sophie and I didn't know until I saw this on their socials that she actually volunteered during the pandemic at a vaccination centre with the St John Ambulance Service. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Um, And we also saw her attend an event with blindness prevention charity UK Orbis to launch a 
£1,000 a pill to deliver 17,000 operations to adults and children across Ethiopia, Nepal and Bangladesh. And I think this charity is important to Sophie because her daughter, Lady Louise, was born with esotropia, which is a condition where one eye is turned inwards. And over the years, Louise has had several surgeries to try and correct this. Um, yeah. But you, whenever you see Sophie involved like something to this, you know that she really wants to get her hands into and become involved because obviously it's affected a member of her family. Absolutely. And, you know, you just become so much more involved in something when you know somebody who's had it. Yeah, exactly. Moving on to Princess Beatrice. So we've had a little bit of information about her this week. So what's she been up to then? Well, several pap shots on a uh, Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do not speak of the uh, the animal in the, on the podcast. <laughs> but she's been but she's been out and about, and she actually had an official engagement. And just a little backstory: so Princess Beatrice helped to celebrate the tenth anniversary of Russell House at Forget Me Not Children's Hospice. Now she is a patron of this charity and has been for ten years. She met with family, staff, volunteers and supporters of the charity. And she said in the last 10 years, the charity has supported over 800 families. I am simply lost for words as to the difference that this support has made to so many lives. And then she goes on to say, when people ask me why I became the patron of this amazing charity, I only have to explain how much of an important part of the community Russell House and the charity has become and how much of a momentous achievement it is for us to be stood here today celebrating 10 years of supporting that community. So I thought that was um, really nice to see Princess Beatrice in her air quotation official capacity as a yeah. princess because yeah. <laughs> she's not a working royal <laughs> um she's not a working royal but at, she did actually um bury a time capsule to give people in the future yeah, we haven't got anything for a time capsule no what, what can we say it like, gotta be, time capsule. You know, it's gotta be something from back to the future hasn't it great scott a time capsule oh and she buried a time capsule to give people in the future an insight into forget me not and which included a letter that she had written, a letter from a forget-me-not mum and a child's handprint and some photos of Russell House. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. And I think, I I, I don't know about you, Bright, it's very, uh, I don't know, for me, I've always wanted to do a time capsule, but I've never had the opportunity to do one. Yeah, and what would you put in there? That's the thing. Um, I think I'd probably put in a Hanson CD. (laughs) (laughs) A handwritten letter of what it's like to be like, what life is like right now and um maybe a bit of chocolate <laughs> <laughs> yeah because that's gonna survive in 10 years isn't it <laughs> hoping it's me that gets it <laughs> so oh a handsome cd and a moldy <laughs> bit of chocolate let's do it cd they'll be like what do we put what do you pay this <laughs> what do you do with this <laughs> what would you put in a time capsule oh um oh. I don't know. What would I put in a time capsule? I don't know. Your Chanel espadrilles. (laughs) (laughs) For future generations, here's my Chanel. (laughs) Right, we've had the two weeks of all weeks for Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall. They've been busy bees. (laughs) Oh, they have been busy. Honestly, I'm not kidding. I took the reins of Prince Charles and Camilla um, as in the responsibility to talk about them on the podcast this week. I wish I didn't. I wish I'd give them to you, Rach. <laughs> they did so much. It was unbelievable. Well, they haven't been on their holiday, have they? I think they had only had about a week off. I honestly think they've only had a week off. It's absolutely just wow. And remember, they are sh- they should be in their retirement age. So it's remarkable what they're doing. Let's talk then about what, you know, their engagements. They, the Duke and Duchess of Rothsay, because they're in Scotland, they're still in Scotland. They paid a visit to the Kelvin Grove Art Gallery and Museum. And Camilla was sporting a wonderful pink mask. Did you see this pink mask? Yes. Oh, I loved it. We love a mask moment. We love Camilla. We love a mask. We do. And uh, she got chatting to local school children who were there learning about endangered species at the gallery's outreach programme. They then moved on to Govan Home and Education Link Project, helping families with young children in the Govan area. And what I loved about this was on the socials, 
Prince Charles was chatting to two of the people who were connected with Govan and they were talking about the projects they were doing. And one of the ladies looked a little bit nervous and she was a bit quiet. And the other lady was talking, you know, about the, the stuff. And Prince Charles was like, his emotional intelligence is so like brilliant. And he kept like bringing the other lady in, mm-hmm. even though she was still scared to talk. And you just forget how impeccable their emotional intelligence is and how well they hold their own within social interactions. So I thought this was a wonderful video um, that showed like the the patients and like Prince Charles is so used to this, isn't he? I mean, to be honest, if I met any of them, I'd probably fall apart. <laughs> I'm be able to. I'd be like, I'd just be staring at them like, uh. <laughs> What do I say? Especially if it was the queen with a Hermes scarf. You'd be like that. Uh. <laughs> like, Look, she's real. <laughs> Can I touch your face? No. <laughs> oh, um, wonderful listener. What would you do if you met the royals? You know, I mean, I'd probably just talk and talk and talk until they were like, yeah, uh, you would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh. They'd be like, move away from her now. <laughs> <laughs> the Welshman keeps talking. <laughs> Um, they then moved on to Dumfries house and they visited a knitted art installation. Now the installation was part of the Prince's foundation initiative called Knitwise, and it's to showcase knitting as a mental health and well-being tool. And did you know this, Rach? Prince Charles is the patron of campaign for wool, which raises awareness around the benefits of using wool as a natural, renewable and biogradable fabric makes sense for him to be what did you say he's a patron he's a patron of the of the campaign for wool yeah 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 it makes sense for him to be a patron I I can yeah this is something that I can actually see him being involved with definitely yeah now they did a lot more engagements in air but because we don't have a lot of time I'm going to move on and still in Dumfries house Camilla attended the women in journalism event and she actually said All journalists who fight for truth and justice in the face of retribution deserves our thanks and admiration. Let's do all we can to support, promote and crucially listen to the brave female journalists of Afghanistan whose work puts them in danger every single day. I really like this engagement, actually. She was um, surrounded by people just telling their stories. And it was I think it was really interesting. Yeah, it was really important for a member of the monarchy to be there yeah and I think later on we're going to be talking about Catherine's engagement and that's all to do with Afghanistan as well so great that they're sharing um people are sharing their experiences and we're getting to hear more about this because obviously in the last month this has been a real highlight worldwide hasn't it of what's been going on in Afghanistan mm, absolutely yeah the Duchess also visited the South Ayrshire Women's Aid in which she commended them on doing a brilliant job and praised them for separate accommodation for increased privacy and space. She visits Nairham, I hope I said that right, in the Scottish Highlands and the Nairn Book and Arts Festival. Um, and while she was there, she opened a splash pad that was built in memory of Hamish Hay, who was a little boy who, who um, died aged eight of cancer in February 2017. And it was just the sweetest thing, honestly. Mm. And she she unveiled the plaque. Plaque attack. Yeah. Um, but it was just the way that it was done. And she gave the plaque a little tap, like tap, tap, tap. And I just was like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> lumping my throat couldn't breathe kind of feel um, of course you were <laughs> of course I was oh and then they had a, a lovely picture of Hamish um hey upon their socials and oh what a sweet little boy um and then and then Rach on a walkabout in Nan Nain Nan I hope I'm saying that right um I'm probably butchering it I'm so sorry guess who she got chatting to hey a stormtrooper wearing a kilt <laughs> oh yeah I remember this yeah I remember seeing the photo and I'm thinking I remember I was like what 
And then I wasn't even looking at Camilla. I was just looking at this stormtrooper thinking, what the blooming hell is this? And he, <laughs> and he was wearing a kilt. Like, I just loved it. It was just amazing. Oh, and you could tell all the people around them were like, um, is this happening right now? Are we in an alternative <laughs> universe? Camilla was like, what do I say yeah. to this stormtrooper? <laughs> is the Duchess of Rothside talking to a stormtrooper in a kilt right now? <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> um, she also made a visit to the Highland branch of Maggie's Centre And these centres help those living with cancer And it's a charity that she's actually a president of And then to finish off We had the launch of Food for the Future scheme And it's launched by the Prince's Foundation And it's in partnership with Jamie Oliver Jimmy Doherty, who's Jimmy's farm and the Soil Association, and especially to educate school children with combating food waste and encouraging sustainability and its impact on the environment. Now, this scheme will be piloted at Dumfries House in Scotland and involves 48 pupils from four secondary schools. And Prince Charles actually wrote an article for <gasps> The Mirror <laughs> um, all about the scheme. And he said, I'm so keen to make this happen because it's young people's future I'm most concerned about. If we can encourage and enable them to see that the food they eat is part of a joined up system, which can either help or hinder the health of the planet, they will be much more able to help turn the situation around to avoid the climate catastrophe towards which we are all hurtling. For one thing, they'll discover that almost overnight, they can help reduce global greenhouse gas emissions by up to 10% without it costing anything. I love this initiative. I loved it. I saw this, I think I saw this on Twitter and I was reading the post and I and I just loved it straight away. I was like, wow, this is really important. It's really current, mm. just a brilliant initiative. And I hope um, we see this go from strength to strength over the years. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And what I love is although they're not allowed to be part of politics, they can be allowed to be seen to be given the solutions to things they don't have any power over if that makes sense wink yeah. wink nudge nudge and i feel like if they were part of a political party they're probably part of the green party they just want the, the, the <laughs> to be great <laughs> but it's, it's interesting like when we're talking about prince charles and we're always talking about you know his sustainability initiatives and things like this um i was on my parents the other day and we were talking, something was on the news and we were talking about this. And my mum even said, Prince Charles started this years ago and everyone laughed at him. Yeah. And now, and now look at it. Now look at, you know, the things that he's saying was going to happen is a reality. And now we're having to find ways of how to combat that reality. Mm. Yet years ago, it wasn't cool to talk about it. But mm. now you can't shut people up. Well, I, exactly. Trent, Prince Charles is really a pioneer for this when you look at it. Yeah, and I think, like you said before, it, it, the pioneer started with uh, Prince Philip, and then it moved to Prince Charles, and he really did take it on board, didn't he, and go for it. And he was also talking about alternative medicines and healing, and people were like, "What are you going on about?" It was so taboo at that time to talk about anything to do with that, and now it's like, "Hang on a second, what else can we do?" And just to round up the Clarence House socials this week, we found out that the Duchess of Cornwall has become patron of the Maribel Centre, which is a sexual assault referral centre in Lagos, Nigeria. And it provides medical and psychosocial support for survivors, yeah. which is a wonderful thing. And we actually finished the week with their Royal Highnesses visiting the beautiful Isle of Skye. And they had a walk around the town of Portree and they listened to a Gaelic folk singer who's called Robert Robinson and I think that's a wonderful end to the week what do you think <sighs> breathe <laughs> and that's not hard like I, I've missed out quite a lot of stuff yeah. honestly I have yeah I mean they're back <laughs> they're back with a vengeance oh well Charles and Camilla never went away did they <laughs> absolutely not no they didn't so that's it with the Royal Roundup let's move on to the Royal News Okay, so first up on the Royal News, let's give you an update on the Prince Andrew scandal. So lawyers for Virginia Giffray, who is Andrew's accuser, asked the court to serve the Duke of York with papers informing him of the civil case in New York. 
And the High Court initially rejected the request, but then reversed its decision. And the Judicial Office said any challenge must be made by the end of next Friday. In a statement, it said, lawyers for Prince Andrew have indicated that they may seek to challenge the decision of the High Court to recognise the validity of the Hague Convention request for service made by Mr. Frey's lawyers. The High Court has directed that any challenge must be made by close of business on the 24th of September. So let's give you a bit of background if you don't know what the Hague service is. So it's a treaty that governs the request between countries for evidence in a civil or commercial matter. So it allows Mr. Dufresne's legal team to ask the High Court in London to formally notify Prince Andrew about her civil action. So, as I said, the High Court initially rejected the request, citing an issue with the application, but then it was later accepted. And just to clarify, the Prince does not face the prospect of an extradition hearing, as this applies only to criminal charges, not civil cases. Mm. So, again, if you listen back to our previous episode, we talk about the difference between a civil and a criminal charge and what that will mean for Prince Andrew. But as we now know, he won't face extradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, we we did a whole episode on the Prince Andrew scandal, which is episode 23. Head on over and listen to that after this one if you want to know more. Um, okay, so that's a bit of an update right now. We have to also make it very clear that Prince Andrew has always denied all these allegations that have been put towards him. However, it's going to be just interesting to see how this pans out. It's going to be interesting for us, Rach, because this is US law, which is Mm. very different to British law. So we're learning as we go along. And I think that's why this is such a interesting case. And it's so complex, because you are looking at two different countries where their law systems are completely different i watch emily d baker on youtube who is um, a lawyer and she breaks down loads of court cases and she's mentioned that due to covid a lot of court cases they're all backed up at the moment so i actually think this is going to be a very long long process it's going to take a long while um so i mean we're gonna have to hold on buckle up fasten our seatbelts because this is not going away it's not the end yeah so keep listening because of course we'll keep you updated as the case continues and develops but as of now that's all we've got really and well from one bad smell to another bad smell we're gonna move (laughs) to uh... (laughs) we're gonna move to prince charles's cash for access claims now the prince's foundation is being investigated by the scottish charity regulator after a cash for access claim has been made the most recent is in relation to a hundred thousand pound donation made by a russian businessman it was reported that prince charles wrote a letter of thanks and suggested meeting up However, the donation was turned down due to the provenance of the money. The chairman of the Prince's Foundation, Douglas Connell, has stepped down over allegations that the donation was in fact to gain access to Prince Charles. Now, this isn't the first one. Just last month, we had another scandal within the foundation. And Michael Fawcett stepped down as CEO of the Prince's Foundation after claims were made by the Mail on Sunday. <laughs> God, we got loads of tabloid stuff in here today. And the Sunday Times that Fawcett helped arrange an honours in relation to a Saudi businessman who donated 1.5 million to the charity. The businessman received an honorary CBE at a private ceremony at Buckingham Palace in 2016. Now, these are being investigated. The Prince's Foundation have put out a statement saying that they, um, you know, about the stepping down of the CEO. Um, yeah. And I think, again, as we go along, we'll probably hear more about this. But there are a few points I want to make. Firstly, I think this is something the rich people do when they give to charity. They do expect um, like a bench to be put in their name or like a tree or like some kind of wing of a, of a place. Yes, something can return. In the National yeah. Gallery, there's a whole section, um, you know, with the name of somebody who's donated money. This isn't a new, a new thing. I think the main thing here is the integrity and the, the shadiness that goes behind these donations and the people involved. Unfortunately, Prince Charles is... Um, caught up in this. This is his name. He's the figurehead of this foundation. But it's the people underneath him that are doing all the shady stuff 
And that's what's being investigated. So it reminds me of um, we've had several incidences over the years when one with Sarah Ferguson, then with Sophie. Do you remember the fake shakes? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, oh, well, you give me this money, this amount of money and I'll get you access to the royal family. Sarah Ferguson was having, saying she could get access to obviously Princess Prince Andrew yeah. at the time. So yeah, it's it's not the first time, but obviously this isn't Prince Charles, but like you said, his name is implicated in it, but this isn't he's doing. It's yeah. just unfortunate that it's the people that work for him that are money grabbing. Exactly. <laughs> money grabbing. <laughs> Can I just say though? I think it was it's an honorable thing for Prince Charles to write a letter to someone who's just given 1.5 million to a cause that you really believe in and then say, Do you know what? Next time you're in the UK, I'd love to thank you in person. I don't think that's anything weird. What's weird is when they go, right, okay, my people can get your people an honorary charity um MBE or a CBE or whatever because of X, Y, and Z. But that's not Prince Charles doing that. You know, yes, we had Sarah Ferguson doing that. I think you also said about Sophie, she was implicated in something, um, God, a few good few years ago as well. Yeah. This isn't about Prince Charles as such. He's just doing the honorable thing as part of uh, being the figurehead of it. It's the people underneath him. And that's something I want to say. It doesn't bode well for the type of people that Prince Charles has surrounded with him and who he champions within his business for this to happen so I mean I really don't know the future of where we're going with this but oh. it was it was quite harrowing we need to get in there basically we need to be running this foundation <laughs> oh I mean at the end of the day if you're a charity your main values need to be integrity honesty and trust it has to it has to come from mm. that top part but unfortunately people hide behind the sense that they're working for a charity to further advance their own incentive absolutely and and this this reeks of that to be honest Rach um again this is all investigative we can't say this has actually happened because it's all just people have said this and said that but I think as we go along we'll get the truth we'll get the 100% truth on this let's move on to some happy news yay (laughs) some happy news as we said in the Royal Roundup, the Duchess of Cambridge is back off her summer holiday. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so we saw Catherine um, looking as sleek as ever, might I just add. I loved it. I loved her tailored trousers. I just think this look was just spot on. Oh. It was so understated, but so royal. And what I loved about it is it wasn't about her. Yeah. So, you know, she didn't put on that wow factor but it was still wow. Yeah, and obviously everything sold out, obviously, as with Catherine. Um, I am on the wait list for the blazer, FYI. <laughs> I put myself on the wait list. How much is it? £238, I think it is. And it's one of those stable pieces which will last years and will go with everything. Absolutely, absolutely. And she was wearing jigsaw trousers, which are a repeat for her. Um, a new bag that I hadn't seen before. All, all the details of the outfit are over on our Instagram if you wanted to check out the brands that she wore. But yeah, just very put together. Um, and I agree, she looked royal. But like you said, like sometimes when you see them on engagements, she's very suited and booted in a sense. But this was very casual and relaxed. And I think it was because the the occasion that she was attending. Yeah, absolutely. To reflect that. Yeah, totally. She attended... RAF Bryce Norton, where she met members of the armed forces who were involved in Operation Pitin, flying over 15,000 people from Kabul in Afghanistan. So we briefly mentioned in the Royal Roundup a little bit about Camilla championing female journalists out in Afghanistan at the moment. And this meeting was to honour those people that have been involved in rescuing these refugees um, from Afghanistan. And it's... it's so needed right now it's so needed that we see the work that's being done because as as a person who's just a a regular person who lives in Britain what can I do do you know what I mean if you feel so helpless but then when you see somebody um highlighting some of the work you go oh my goodness me like things are being done because I could I, I do feel very helpless at times 
Yeah, and I just I just even now think of all the people that have been left behind mm. that are, that were trying to get out. Yeah. Um and you making that point actually, um, there was a interview with Wing Commander Kevin Lutchman, who flew three planes out of Kabul. And he said the opportunity to welcome Kate to the base and to show her the plane, which was the C-17 Globemaster, was fantastic, to be honest. And he added that the fact that this has been recognised on a royal level is brilliant. And it was lovely to meet the Duchess of Cambridge, very personable and clearly very interested in what we did. And I actually heard on another um, interview that someone else said that Catherine mentioned that her children were very interested in um aircraft oh. especially prince george yeah so maybe he'll follow in his father's footsteps one day and become a pilot i mean it wouldn't surprise me at all would it it wouldn't surprise me if they, he did go down the air force route yeah i mean when you look at the um the history of the monarchy there is uh, the history between the royals and the armed forces and all yeah. royal men used to actively participate in military life and that's why even now it's such an um, important part of the duty that they carry out as royals. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, they are the figureheads of the military. So, And there was somebody giving Catherine a salute as well. I was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, is me. I love an official engagement. Yeah, so nice to have her back. And finally, our last bit of royal news comes from Montecito. And it's the Duke of Sussex turned 37 this week and we had well wishes from all of the royal social media accounts wishing harry a very happy birthday and we want to give him a massive happy birthday happy birthday harry happy birthday and in celebration on that very day we had a photo shoot to end all of the photos in time magazine the duke and duchess of sussex has made the hundred most influential list and adorned the cover of the magazine. I think there was other covers as well you could choose from, but yeah. Okay, so let's go straight in. Rachel, what did you think of the Time Magazine photo shoot? When I first saw it, I didn't know, I didn't think it was real because it looked, <laughs> it looked really, it looks really photoshopped. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen this really funny, like loads of different memes going around online. It has become quite a viral uh, picture for memes, hasn't it? Yeah. And the one I particularly love was it's like, um, <laughs> can't believe really I'm actually saying this. Are you going to say the hairdresser one? Yes. It looks like Harry's the hairdresser behind Megan and he's like fluffing out her hair. Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because you look at it, you have your initial, uh, your initial thoughts and then these memes come out. And you're like, oh, goodness me when did that happen the first thing I thought was I didn't realize Harry was the same height as Megan is he crouching down what's happening here yeah I think he's crouching down yeah when we've seen photos of them before she is smaller than him yeah okay so let's go into a little bit more first of all I agree with you. Very photoshopped. I think some people have said it looks like Madame Tussauds waxworks yeah (laughs) um another one is I actually think that they both looked great. I think Harry's suit actually fit and he looked really good. Mm. Unfortunately, I'm not a massive fan of their power dynamic within the photos, even though I know that's what they were going for. To me, it didn't feel authentic. It just felt staged. Yeah, because I think they put, they made Megan stand in front of him with her arms crossed as if, and it was kind of like that image of I'm the boss. Mm. Mm. that's how it came across to me anyway yeah and I think if you if you're a couple you share that power rather than but I think also what they were trying to do was say Harry is man enough to um to support his woman and and allow her to stand in her own truth or something I don't know I don't know what they were going for to me it just felt a little bit disjointed but the one thing actually I'm going to point out and it's strange because Megan is such a beautiful woman and she's got a beautiful figure but I just don't think those trousers did anything for her figure mm. um so for me the green ones I think both, was it the green I think ones both of them Rachel both of them yeah the white and the green now let me say I loved the shot of both of them walking through the woods with the green I think that was standout I loved it but I just wasn't a fan of the cut of Megan's trousers it made her look bigger than what she is she's 
like she said, she got an amazing figure. And I just don't think that for me personally, I would have chosen those trousers. But it was interesting. It was interesting to get this on the Duke of Sussex's birthday. So we had a little piece in Time magazine and it said, springing into action is not the easy choice for a young Duke and Duchess who have been blessed through birth and talent and burned by fame. It would be much safer to enjoy their good fortune and stay silent. That's not what Harry and Meghan do or who they are. They turn compassion into boots on the ground through their Archwell Foundation. They give voice to the voiceless through media production, hand in hand with non-profit partners. They take risks to help communities in need, offering mental health support to black women and girls in the US and feeding those affected by natural disasters in India and the Caribbean. And remember, that's why they're on there. They're on there for their compassionate humanitarian work, not because it's uh, Harry's birthday, not because they're trying to create some kind of power dynamic between the two. They want to show this united front for the couple and to highlight their work. And I think it's, it's so important, especially with the memes going around, but underneath it, there is a, a more of a foundational reason why why they're there Mm. I think it's interesting when anything now we've discussed this so many times but whenever there's something about Meghan and Harry it just gets people's backs up yeah Mm -hmm. like you either love them or hate them you everyone's got an opinion about them but when you when you're on especially when you're on social media and you read the comments it always comes down to, well, I thought he wanted a private life. I thought yeah. he was leaving the royals because he wanted, you know, a different type of life. And now he's on the cover of a magazine. He's doing this. He's doing that. And then people were mentioning, you know, the fact that, oh, they've got this Spotify deal, but they've only had one podcast come out from that. You know, it's all these things that always come back around. Yeah. And I just feel like this is going forward. It, it, it's never going to change. You're either going to like Harry and Meghan or you're not. And I really don't think that opinion is ever going to change. Yeah, I, yeah, and I think also we we're fed narratives regard depending on which country we're from. I'm sure Australians right now are getting fed different narratives to Canadians who are getting different narratives to people who are in South Africa versus people in USA. There's there's been like a real change I feel in the last six months, especially when some of the things that are harry and megan have said in the oprah interview has been debunked mm. i think a lot of people have, have come on to the the royal side of things shall we say because of that yeah and i and i still think it's going to be very telling next year for the jubilee if they come over because i just feel like now they don't really have the support in the uk so will they not come to protect themselves from hearing booze in the crowds jeering in the crowds but then on the other hand, are they going to come over, especially Harry, to support his grandmother? It's I think um, we'll just have to wait and see when we're not going to know until the actual day of, for instance, mm. Troop in the Colour, which is when we should see all of them out and about on parade. On Wednesday, we've got that BBC documentary, Prince Philip, the royal family remembers, haven't we? And Harry we have, is in yeah. that and Prince Andrew is in that, which is mm. very interesting because you yeah. would have thought that the PR team behind the Royals would try to keep um, Andrew out of that because of everything that's going on. Because I feel like, obviously, we don't know them personally, but I feel like Prince Andrew is just carrying on with his normal life, like nothing's happening. It's it's like, um, do you realise like, what's going on? Yeah. He's like, I denied you. That's enough. Uh, yeah, that's no, enough. Like, I, I think he thinks like, it's all going to go away and then he can just return to his quotation marks royal life you know he's royal services and duties right well as we always say we're keeping up with the windsors feel free to follow us on instagram at keeping up with the windsors pod we've got email email us keeping up with the windsors pod at gmail.com it's been an absolutely bumper packed show today (laughs) until next week when we've got another 20 things to go through with the royals So as always, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week on Keeping Keeping Up With The Windsors. Windsors.